such a nice opening. I love those openings to our podcast. This is Jaded. I am Jody. And this is Nick. And Nick is wonderful on the harmonica. I do have to say, um, tonight's recording, ladies and gentlemen, initially is going to be a little harsh. At least that's how my day started out. And I'm going to start this podcast out with how my day started. And um, as soon as the clock stops chiming, we will start with that. I was part of that. And go from there. You were not. Not the first part. Hold on. Not the first part. Come on, clock. <laughs> it's uh, English. All right. Here we, go. Here we go. There's a recording from another phone, so I hope it comes through well. Have you loaded the bumper to the Honda Yellow? Have you called your friends for that? No? Oh, did you know that all four tires on your Honda are going out and that a mechanic told us that we should go past 70 in that car because the tires are about to blow? Did you know your muffler was in the trunk? Did you know that bottom part of the fucking car is falling off and it already fell off? Are you fucking kidding me, Mom? You say you're trying to help us out, but you give us a fucking death trap, and meanwhile, Grandpa gives you a perfectly good working car that he's willing to pay to fix when you don't have to pay shit? You fucking, you fucking dependent bitch. You're goddamn lucky you don't fucking get to, you still get to text me and shit. You better hope that you fucking get a chance to see your grandkids before I fucking leave, bro, because you best believe that when I'm gone from Parker, you're not seeing these fucking kids for shit. And you best believe you're not going to hear from me either. You better be happy with your fucking life in those moments. This is what you continue to do. You continue to push them kids away because it's just for your benefit, for your own good. I hope you're happy with this, Mom. I hope you're happy with the way you made your family, with the way you raised your child, with the shit you put me through. I fucking hope you're happy, you fucking bitch. So, that was a voicemail. That I got this morning, uh, as I was going out to my car to get ready for work, or to get on my way to work, there was a little, you know, ice on my windshield, and my car that, yes, my father recently purchased for me, it's a used 1999 Honda CRV with over 200,000 miles on it, that my father purchased for me, I was scraping the ice off the windshield when my phone rang. Now, since my son has changed his phone number, I didn't recognize the number as it showed up on my radio. So I let it go to voicemail. And when I got in the car after scraping my windshield, I realized it was my son Colby. And desperate to connect with this kid, I immediately called him back. And he did not answer. And on my way to work, I played this voicemail over my Bluetooth in my new 1999 Honda CRV and listened to my son. It's 20 years old. <laughs> And I listened to my son completely trash me. Now, as you heard, up until this point, I have not been able to explain why my father bought me this car. I don't know. He saw me run into the back of my daughter's car in front of his house, and my bumper immediately fell off. Now, today, I met with my father for lunch. I have said on many podcasts I am trying desperately to make amends with my father, to build a good bond with him, to maybe get over my daddy issues. And meeting him for lunch today, I was afraid to bring up the conflict between my son and I. 
because my father is home alone with my son and his girlfriend and their he, kids. He lives with your father. He lives with my father. And your mother. And my mother. And, and he, he left this voicemail totally, totally dissing you. Out of the blue. After you gave them a free car that they did not have to pay for. Well, according to my son, it's a piece of shit. Well, it wasn't good enough. He wanted a Corvette. I, All right, I, fine. You know, I don't even know. And but whatever. It was a working car. I, I, it is a working had, car. You had that car for years. It still is. Yeah. It still is. It's it ran really great. It ran great. He had no reason to be dissing you because of that car. None. None and, whatsoever. And, and when I brought it up with my father over lunch today. Oh, you did? Oh. I, I did. Oh. I did. I tried not to because it was a Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I didn't want to. But you, you had recovered a little bit. So, yeah, you brought it up. Well, yeah. no, I don't know that I. Well, maybe I had recovered. But the bottom line is. I feel close enough to my dad now to talk to him about oh, this shit. That's pretty interesting. That's a new that's a new layer. It is. At one that I think I've worked really hard to achieve. And I think I do think he loves you. And I do, he, and I do I think do, he loves me. And I think he's proud of you. And I and and I today in our lunch I learned a lot. So I explained to my dad all the horrible things that my son has said to me and I included, you know, Dad, he's jealous that you bought me this car. My dad says, well, I knew it would be. When I told that to my son, Kyler, he just laughed, like, out loud. Your other son. My other son, Kyler. He laughed out loud. And, I, and my dad says, you know, Jody, first of all, let me lay the premise here. My father is Mormon, believes very, very strongly in the power of Jesus Christ. And in family. The love of his heavenly father and life after death. Very big things for my father. And my father said to me, in explanation for buying me the car, he says, you know, Jody, over my lifetime, I have felt many strong promptings by the Spirit, prompting me to do certain things. And I'm very sorry to say that I did not always heed those warnings. <coughs> he says, in fact, I feel very guilty about not following those promptings, and that guilt stays with me. Wow. And he says, for example, Whoa. he says, for example, his niece, Catherine, whom he baptized and somewhat helped raise, when my dad was moving our family to Colorado, he felt very strong promptings to call his niece, Catherine. And even though they were very strong, he ignored them because he was trying to take his family. What was her name? Catherine. He was trying to. Why was he not calling her Catherine? He did call her Catherine. Uh, oh, so he had... He didn't call her. He felt a prompting to telephone her. Oh, to call her. Oh, I see. Because I, I understood it. I, I was prompted call to call her Catherine. No. He was prompted to <laughs> well, call her. That was her name. <laughs> and because he was busy taking care of his own family, he, he, he thought, you know, I'll call her later. I'll call her another time. But he never did. Uh -huh. And he learned later that Catherine was going through a divorce. Uh-huh. She was in emotional turmoil, uh -huh. and she probably really could have used that call from my Support. dad. So my dad is carrying the guilt of not acting on that prompting mm -hmm. with him through all these years. Because, you know, we moved to Colorado in 87, okay? Yeah. And he still feels guilt about that. He says, so Jody, when you backed into Avery's car in front of our house that night, and I'm out there helping you put the bumper back on, uh -huh. he says, I got a very strong prompting from the spirit to buy you another car. 
He goes, and Jody, honestly, my first thought was, are you kidding me? Really? He said I've that. already bought her a car. Uh-huh, he said, he said that. He felt that. And he says, but I cannot deny the promptings of the spirit and hmm. live without guilt. He says, so when I felt that prompting, even though I felt I needed the money for other things, I heeded that prompting and I bought you that car. Okay. Now, first of all, that makes me feel a little, at least I understand now why my dad out of the blue decided to purchase a vehicle for me. Okay? Okay. So I felt better knowing my father was prompted by the spirit. Those that are his basically mom. means God tapped him on the shoulder. Kind of, yeah. yeah. And said, this is what needs to happen right now. Like, you you are this. my servant. Yeah. Do this you if you love me. So he did. And I said, well, Dad, I said, you know, the way Colby's been speaking to me lately, and the way he's been talking, I'm like, the guys at my work are like, Jody, fuck that shit. Take your fucking car back. Your son can go to hell. Nobody has the right to treat you that way. Exactly. And when I said that to my dad, he says, you know, as much as I might want to agree with that, if you take that car from them, they will once again be dependent on me. Uh-huh. Okay, so you have to make a you have to make a decision here. Well too. no, All it's right. no, I don't. I don't. You're I, I feel like the prompting my father felt, though it felt geared towards me, truly alleviated the pressure my parents were feeling from my son needing their I see. Constant help with the car. So, in other words, his prompting became your prompting. No, his prompting, though seemed for me, truly in the end, helped my father. Yeah. Now that my son has a car, they don't rely on my parents as much. Right. And despite my father saying, I don't think your son should have your car, he's not going to appreciate well, it. it doesn't as, make sense, yeah. As honest as he was and as real as his statement is, the fact of the matter is, they do depend less on my parents because they have my piece of shit car. Which your uh, son vividly described. Vividly. Vividly described. And called you a piece of shit from hell, basically. He called me a bitch twice. A bitch. Right. His own mother. And all I did was give him. I, I don't even want to say all I did, Nick, because I'm not trying to glorify no, it's what not, I did. No. But for fuck's sake, it's a car. Yes. Be goddamn fucking grateful. Right? Yes. So, yes. So, in talking to my father a little bit more, besides learning what prompted him to purchase me a vehicle. Which was really important information. It, oh, Nick, and he even told me, he goes, Jody, thank you for telling me you appreciate it because it was a difficult decision for me, but I did it because I felt it was right. And it's wow, nice he to was, hear yeah. that you appreciate it. He was touched by an angel. Apparently, my father's been touched by many. But he doesn't always listen. He, he doesn't. Ad and he admitted that. That's true for me, too. And you. What's that? Touched by an angel, but we don't always listen. Well, see, in the Mormon religion, they call it... Okay, in the Mormon religion, there's God the Father, Jesus Christ the Holy Son, and then there's the Holy Ghost. It's a trinity. All right. Catholics, too. But it's the Holy Ghost that sends you promptings in the uh -huh. Mormon church. Uh-huh. It's the Holy Ghost trying to relay God's desire. Like, the Holy Ghost is one who can interact 
with us on a daily level. Mm -hmm. And the Mormons preach, you know, if you want to be open to the promptings of the Spirit, you have to quiet all other sounds. That means Facebook. That means Instagram. You, If you are engrossed in those things, you will never be open to the promptings of the Spirit. Makes sense, right? The Spirit should get a cell phone. Well, I just... I would love that. Send me a text. Send me, no, see, you ignore those. You don't always get my no, texts. This is the Holy Spirit. Please don't <laughs> date that woman. If only, if only it were that easy. If only. No, but I, I feel that your father has reached an age where he is open to this more than he was 20 years ago. Nick, it was really good talking with him. And wow. in fact, like... I'm sure you felt this thing. When you meet with someone you haven't seen in forever, you just feel all the stuff that you want to tell them, mm -hmm. right? You want to talk right. about. Yeah. But the minute my dad opened my mouth, opened my mouth, opened his mouth. Interesting. Uh, interesting. Freud. I'm not. Don't. God. When he opened his mouth and he starts talking about his work, because he works at Sam's Club, right? He's like, you know, they might take me over at Dillard's. Oh. <laughs> I'm like. A promotion. Like, is that something you're contemplating, Dad? He says, well, you know, they don't treat me very well oh. over at Sam's. And they don't. Right. right? So, they don't do it. But he's like 70 years old. And this, well, and that's the funny part. My dad says, you know, when I send my resume over to people and they call me up and they talk to me, he says, I think they're expecting me to show up in a wheelchair with an oxygen tank. Uh -huh. <laughs> he goes, but I'm alive. Yeah. I'm sound reasoning. Yeah, he's wearing deck shoes and khakis. And... <laughs> he's looking great. He's definitely not in a wheelchair. Um, but it, it was, and and Nick, it was, it was, it was just super interesting to shut up. Do you feel closer to him because of this conversation today? I feel closer to my dad with every conversation I have with him. So you're reconnecting, and it is. Okay. I've been and, doing and, it for a couple years. Yeah, it's happening. It's happening. It's, it's happening, and it's actually part of the reason I wanted to record tonight, Nick, and I know that this might, if I have any followers, I may be less attractive, but I think I might be over my daddy issues. All right. I feel loved. Yeah. I feel respected. I feel important. Yeah. Um, all of those things were things that for my... For most of my life, no, he, I, I feel that you, he is proud of you. I wouldn't go that far. I think he is. I, I wouldn't go that far. Girl, you come up from the shit to you know where you are now, and you're doing good. How do you be proud of a piece of shit? Though? All right, I'm proud of you. But, well, but that's my thing. Like he might be proud of the progress I've made, but myself as a person, I think he will maybe always be disappointed with. But I don't think so. Oh, I do, but I'm okay with it. I think he's one of your favorites. He's one of my favorites, or I'm one of his? No, you're one of his. Um, I think so. Joanne certainly is not, okay? <laughs> Her name is Joanne Na. Joanne Na. Joanne Na. Joanne Na. Joanne Na. No, it, it, I just got a message and I ignored it. Um, Joanne Na. That's funny. No. Julia? No, she cheated. No, no, I don't. I don't know. You come see, on, come Joey. Come on, you know how twisted a parent's appreciation of their own children right, is. Does he? Does he approve of his sons? 
Your, your brothers are bizarre. Okay. <laughs> Not at all. The, oh, I take offense. The skateboarder got snowboarder. Too. Snowboarder guy. No, 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 Nick. That's that's see, and that's that's something that me and my good friend Suzette talked about today. Okay. Talking about oh, and I gotta tell you, I love Suzette. I love at, her. At work, this at is work, a girl at work, right? She and I have connected. Uh huh. I feel a real strong bond with her. She gets me. I get her. She's got the same attitude I do. Like you want. Fuck you. And she okay. does the same thing. She gets uh -huh. the whole fuck you on her face like I do. And oh, yeah. she's like this tall and it's the cutest shit ever. Uh -huh. Right? <laughs> she's like a little Tammy. Tammy's uh, like, an old friend. She, yeah, she's a little Tammy, but she's a little Suzette. She's all her own. And and she says, you know, Jody, because her sons are older than mine. Suzette is probably 10 years older than me. Right. So her children are probably. So she's in her 50s. Yes. And her kids are in their 30s. Right. Okay. And she says, you know, Jody. I have a son who talks to me like that. Because I lit. I, oh, she revealed that. Oh, well, I brought her out to the park. Yeah, Nick, yeah. I was so upset. And you I, were upset all day. Apparently, this is an all day thing for you. Well, till you lunch, called me at like 8 o'clock. Till lunch. That's when I got the voice out. Uh -huh. So I took Suzette without me, with me out on a break. And I'm like, Suzette. You got the voicemail in the morning. I'm embarrassed to let you listen to this. But oh. I just need somebody to commiserate with. Uh -huh. Like, can you just listen to this for me? Uh -huh. So she did. Uh -huh. And and she says, you know, Jody, she says, my son did the same shit. She goes, and you know what? Raising my boys, they were such hell from the time they hit puberty. She's like, I wondered if they were ever going to get their shit straight. And she goes, and Jody, I used to say in their 20s, in their 20s. She goes, but you know what, girl? It really takes till they're 30. Yep, I, I totally agree with that. For, for guys? For guys? 30 years old. At least. At least. Uh, right. get, she gave me that. hope. If they live to 30. <laughs> That's how I felt. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, if I let them live till then. No, if they actually live to be 30 years old, they're doing pretty good then. And she says by then, you know, they he treats they're her. They're mellow out. Yeah. It, it gave me hope that maybe Colby will get his shit. Straight Sunday, right? But that the that voicemail upset me so much. I forwarded it to my son Kyler in Utah. Kyler, who used to give me hell when he was a little boy. God, did he give me hell? This young man respects me more, I think, than almost everybody but Avery. And I sent him that voicemail, and I got a text back from him. I said, Mom. I feel like getting in my car and driving to Colorado and beating his ass right now. That's kind of how I felt when, I, when you called me this morning. It took me a while to get to that feeling, but I... Uh, I kind of felt, felt that way. I felt like, you know, I felt like mm. what, I, what I did to Kyler back, way back in the day, 15 years ago, is like throwing this the wall and saying, what the fuck are you talking to your mother like That's that? That's what Colby needed, right? Yeah, right, right. right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and Nick, I, I broke down in my... In my inability to comprehend the situation or deal with it, I reached out to my ex-husband, Marcos. Today? Today. Oh, my gosh. I called his work, mm -hmm. asked for my name, immediately got his voicemail. Mm -hmm. But in tears, I said, Marcos, this is Jody, and I could really use your help. Colby left me the worst voicemail this morning, and I'm just having a hard time dealing with it. If you could please call me. And I left my phone number, right? So you were kind of weeping when you were saying this, right? Well, I mean, 
mean, it really, it, it takes a lot for me to reach out to Marcos because many, many years ago, Mark, many, many years ago, Nick, I realized that Marcos did not have the capacity to deal with all that was coming. Yeah. And I, that among, amongst many other reasons, left him. And um, so I don't have much hope when I reach out to him. But when I do reach out to him, I know I'm really desperate. So that this really shook you up. Oh my God, Nick! I've been, I've been doing pretty well. I talked to you this morning, and I barely—I mean, I got you to work. Okay. I well, I was driving anyway, but you did yeah. help me compose myself. So you get to work because you were crying on the phone. So, so I forwarded the voicemail to Kyler, and amazingly enough, it went from iPhone to Android, and he was able to listen to it, and that's when he responded. So after I go to lunch and meet my dad and have a, a nice talk, a good talk. A great talk. Right. Where I'm feeling really good, then yeah. Kyler calls. Kyler calls. So I talk to Kyler for like half an hour on my way back to work. And one of the things Kyler said, he says, Mom, you know, I spoke to Dad. Uh-huh. He got your voicemail. Uh-huh. But he says, right now, he doesn't see the need to intervene because it's only words. But if it ever escalates to where Colby has threatened or hurt you, Avery, or especially Grandma, Dad says he will drop whatever he's doing, whatever he is involved with, wherever he is, and he will come down and handle the situation. Uh huh. Do I believe that? I don't know. Does it matter? No. But uh, the fact of the matter is, Marcos was correct. These were just words. Mm -hmm. And when I met with my dad, I had an anxious feeling that something had happened at their house that morning. Yeah. And that's why Colby was shitty to me. So something triggered him. That's what I thought. But when I spoke to my dad, he said, no, nothing's gone on. Nothing's been said. All right. So what what are the other uh, alternative uh, reasons why he would act like this? Uh, he's on fucking drugs. Uh-huh. He's dating a girl who has anxiety issues. Alcoholic. Who has borderline personality. Uh, and narcissist. feeding into her anxiety and fears. All right. So she got upset because the undercarriage of the car was falling apart? No, my dad actually shed some light on that as well. Okay, my dad, the day that it snowed, super mm -hmm. bad, two days ago, what? Yeah. My dad saw as he was leaving the house that my front tire was almost flat. Now, when I went to Vegas, when I left my car with my son, he's like, is there anything we need to know? I said, yes. The, the front, front driver's tire side tire tends to go flat. Keep an eye on it. Well, when my dad saw it was almost flat, he tells them, I have a compression, compression pump compressor. in the garage. Use that. He goes, no, but what do they do? They go down and they waste $1.75 down at the damn gas station. Uh, whatever. Uh, it. $1.75? Oh, right. God. Kids, oh, goddamn yeah. kids. Yeah, I know. I, I'm the same way. I have a compressor downstairs. But, but apparently uh, they did more than that because somebody, I think that's why I got the phone call this morning because my son was like, did you know that all four of your tires are going bad, that we can't even drive 70 miles an hour in your car? First of all, when the fuck are you supposed to be driving 70 miles an hour? You are on Parker Streets, local streets. You shouldn't be driving 70. And second of all, I never promised I was giving you a brand new fucking car. Never. Never. Never, never promised you a rose garden. Okay. 
as they say. And and I keep trying to remember and embody my father's advice. Emotionally turn away. But Nick, when I think of that, I think of being my father. That's okay. Uh, it's not. I, on some levels, maybe. Maybe. But for most of my life, my father has been something I've fought against <coughs> and disagreed with. And emotionally turning away, though I've, believe me, Nick, I've pulled that in and held on to right. it and embodied it most recently. And, and I think I just need to, I need to set my mind to it because he's absolutely right. And what you said to me this morning made a world of difference to me. What was that? You said, this is cold shit. Yeah. Not yours. Yeah. And it was like the lights broke free in the heavens and, you... and the angels sang. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. Mm -hmm. This is not my shit. I didn't do anything wrong. No. I have no reason to let the way he feels make me feel bad. Yeah. That, again, just embodies but, being a victim. And but, I'm yeah. not a victim. But it destroyed a good part of your day. It it destroyed a good part of my day. I was um, at work. I went yeah, to the bathroom. It, it's hard to make that transition. <coughs> All right, I've raised nine children. I have five grandchildren, and I have two great-grandchildren. Okay? Okay. And not all of them are nice people, okay? Most of them are. However, your dad's a value system of you have to emotionally cut off. Because what happens is that you raise children, whether they're biological or, or otherwise, you have grandchildren, which <laughs> are all biological, they're not always good people. And they're just people, just like your neighbor, just like the person down the street, just like the co-worker. Co they become just people. They're not, you know, this family thing that you have an expectation that they're always going to love you. Because they don't. They're just people. They're people who don't love you for whatever reason. Or they, they betray you for whatever reason. Or they, they'll steal from you for whatever reason. You know? Or, you know... Uh, Something that stuck out to me that my father said when I was replaying Colby's words to me and my mother and my daughter, my dad says, you know, not a one of you kids ever spoke to me that way. And you and I both know that my father was abusive. That he was hard. That he was harsh. That... If anybody deserved those kind of words, it certainly could have been him. No, but the, there's there's been a shift in our society. My father, my father was a disciplinarian. He beat us kids when we got out of line. If I ever spoke to my father like that, I don't care how old I was, even if I was 40 years old, okay? Okay. If I ever spoke to my father like that, he would have punched me out. 
you do not speak to your mother or your father like that, ever. And that's why Kyler's flag went up, and he remembered what I told him one time, you do not speak to your mother or treat your mother like this. And when I threw him up against the wall. It made an impact. He remembered it. Yeah. Now, when he hears that Colby did that, he said, oh, Mom, he's like, he's, he's like, Mom, I almost came there to, to straighten him out. I think that's a kind of typical response. I think yeah, it should but, be. Well, it is. But in this society, it's not. No, you can't do that now. He, uh, what is Kyler Colby? were to come home and beat Colby's ass, Colby yeah, would call the cops. The cops would be assault, and, you know, yada, yada, yada. Some and crazy jail time. Yeah, all right. But we no longer live in small communities where uh, it takes a village. All right? We no longer live like that. No. If we lived in Cross Plains, Wisconsin, where I come from, I mean, 2,000 people, I mean, everybody knew what was ever it was going on. You would never get out of line because if your parents didn't beat your ass, the neighbor lady would. You right. Know? There, you was, know? there was expectations held by an entire community. Now... Damn, anyway, anyway, getting to the, back to the thought. Kyler immediately was triggered. And he says, you do not talk to your mother, your biological mother, who gave birth to you and raised your ass like that after she gave you a free car. Yeah. Has been supported. And you know what? You can play the old grandbaby game as long as you want to. But... You know what? So what? I'll have other grandbabies. I'll I'll have ah! I'll have other ah! I'll have other babies in my life. How can you? I no. Listen. You uh, don't think that I miss uh, I miss Seamus, all right? I miss Natasha. Seamus basically disowned me, you know. But he still has a longing to be close to me. Natasha stole money from me, my, my granddaughter. Right. All right? I still gave her 20 bucks for her birthday, but at the same time, she knows it's 20 bucks and not 50, you know? Wow, well, she had her ways. Yeah, I mean, she, she's, a, she's, she's a little bitch. I'm sorry, but I don't like her. Okay? Ah, well, and I... And, and, and so kids are the same way. Hazel, Luna, my daughters, Okay. I don't like Luna all the time. Let me just, hold on. Know that your daughters listen. I know, but I don't like Luna all the time. I don't like Hazel all the time. Well, I don't like, but I, I understand but, but with my daughters, that. I love them. But like Marcus said, these are just words. Marcos. Marcos. These are just words. It's not enough to it's not authorize enough to to action. No. And like you said, I should just block it. Yeah. Don't talk to me like this. So, I, I know this is a bit of a cutoff, but this is how my morning started. So, yeah, I had yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I went into work. I come into my job, come into my desk, and there's a little note. There's a little note, Nick, and it's tucked under my keyboard. Uh-huh. A little note under your keyboard. Oh, no, under my keyboard. Oh, from a guy? Well, I'll let, I'll let you read it, because I don't think you'll ever, ever listen. But... Go ahead and read the note that I found under my keyboard. <coughs> After having all this bullshit with Colby happen. Alright, it says, I know this might not be the way to ask you on a date, 
that what it says? Yes. But I would like to take you on a date. If you don't mind, and if you don't want to, that's okay. Too. But if you do or not, um, here's my number. 720-217. Signed, Jason. Please don't tell anyone I asked you okay. <laughs> and this is on a little, like, you know, self-notepad. Actually, well, it says, not, yeah. oh, it says, just with the doctor ordered, the Avaya Interactive Voice Response System, the AmeriHealth, whatever. It's, All right, so it's on a tablet of paper that he picked up somewhere. And I am 44, about to be 45. Okay. And this note, as I... You know, I discussed it with one or two girls at work, and one of them was like, what are we, in eighth grade? And I'm like, oh, <coughs> so like, first of all, this guy. He's obviously shy. He is, he's putting himself out on the limb. He's taking a limb. He's taking, taking a risk. Taking a big risk. Big mm -hmm. risk. Okay? Like, I could show this to everybody. I could be laughing in his face. Yeah, like a, mean, like a mean girl tight school. Mean yeah. girl talking shit. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but instead, because you know me, I yeah. get caught up in the humanity of human beings. Yeah, you're you're actually impressed. <laughs> well, I'm a little impressed, but I'm also very flattered. No, well, yes, I'm flattered, but I'm feeling very heavily burdened with how to respond. Uh, Nick, this is, as you know, every person in their life has times in their life where they, you just jump, right? You just jump. You take that leap. You think, fuck all odds. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And to me, this is a guy taking that leap. And even though I can't catch him or meet him in that flight. Well, how old is this guy? Uh, he's mid-30s. Nick, this is uh, this was, is the that, guy. That's, that's the this is guy. the yeah. guy. Nick, <laughs> this is the guy that goes. He sees me coming up from work, and I'm carrying my lunch, and he's like, "So hey, uh, what'd you have for dinner?" Right, right, right. This okay. is the for dinner guy. Yeah, I I remember him. Okay, who had a shitty breakup with his ex-wife, and he's got a little boy with her, and uh, okay, but. <laughs> But Nick, he's insane. He is fucking insane. He's he's just insane. I that I got okay. I have to back that up. I can't just say he's insane. You can't just say that. I, I, you know. Um. Okay. So one time when I was getting talked to by my boss with my other boss <laughs> in the room, both boss, and uh, they were discussing how I had missed a day of work because I had to have my teeth adjusted, and I. Text in all day to let them know if and when I was going to be there, and I wasn't. They were like, you know what? This is like somebody on drugs. Oh my god! And I was like, what the fuck? And they go, well, you you know you have to understand. We've had a lot of employees who have struggled with this, and they brought up this gentleman. Which, first of all, I'm not a, I'm not an HR. You should not be discussing that with me. Yeah, that's, but they that's brought, confidential information. They brought him up specifically that's, as. Uh, Personal health and yes. HIPAA, yeah. as far as having problems with drugs. So I know this guy has that, right? Yeah. 
right? And he's he's just super he's super awkward with me, Nick. Like yeah. Martin will be up there and Martin loves me. Martin is this little Mexican guy who just thinks I'm the world. And he'll be he, up there a, like he's a warehouse guy, Martin is. He's a, they're mostly warehouse guys. Okay. And he comes up and he's, you know, telling me, you know, whatever he's telling me. And Jason will come up and go, Is he bothering you? This guy bothering you? You know what? Because I'll take care of him. I'll take care of him. He's like full testosterone, right? I'm like, no, he's okay, you know, he's all right. And he left me that note this morning, and I ran into him twice at work. Yeah. And Nick, he did a full turnaround hightail, go the opposite direction. This man, like the girl who made fun of him for being an eighth grader, she goes, who writes a note and then agonizes all day while waiting for the response? And I thought, well, all of us in eighth grade, seventh grade, like all of us who ever wrote notes going, I like you, do you like me? Like, we've all done I, that. I do, I do that with texts. <laughs> no, I do. Do you like me? Check yes, check no. No, uh, I did something with uh, Justine next door, you know. I said, you know, your, 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 your stew was very flavorful, but <coughs> the carrots were, were great. They're soft. The meat was soft. The celery was soft. I said the potatoes. You criticized. I, oh I, no! I said I, the potatoes. I said I microwaved them and I also boiled them for forty-five minutes. You told minutes. her they weren't done. They were. I, She's I said never they were. Gonna no, bring you no I said they were al dente. She's never gonna bring you roast again. I said they were al dente. She's never gonna bring you roast again. And then I said, after that, I said, I am a chef, and. You know, oh God! You made it worse. Did you no, really I, say I, that? Yeah, and, and she said that would be great. Love you. You want you want to cook she's together? She's going fuck you. Huh? No, she no, was she's not. not. Yes, she's telling you f you. You know why? No, she. Look, from my own personal experience, when I was married briefly to Marcos, briefly. <laughs> it was only six years. It was not that long. Um, he. I, I complained once or twice that he didn't have a cook. Okay? So one day I came home and he had cooked. He made shake and bake. You remember shake and bake? Yeah, shake and he bake chicken. He made shake and bake chicken. We used to make shake and bake squirrel. Oh, fuck you. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to hear about shake and bake squirrel. I have two baby squirrels on here now. I know, and you would never eat you them. You know what? Uh, no. The, 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 the little tiny ones. It was like. So they're half the size back of a normal Yeah, they have a, their tail is bigger than their body. Well, don't you like that in a woman? I do. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. So I, I feed them because of that, because I have this fantasy of your tail is bigger than your body. You know, it's just a little tiny Nick, I could so go into the psychosis of that because these are tiny little creatures that you can easily shoot with a gun. I used to, no, I used to shoot with a gun. I, I could go into lots of facets, but I won't, because I want to But now this, I'm feeding it. I want to make this point. Right. So, Marcos went out on a limb, made an attempt, cooked dinner, shaking my chicken. As I'm going into the breast of it, I pull the meat out, and it's raw. pink. Not raw, it's pink. pink. Okay, you are a chef, as you so yeah. gallantly told your neighbor when she... Made an effort to cook now she for wants you. to go over here and, and cook with me. I disagree. I think she does. You want to read I disagree. Do you want to read the text? There, so there's my phone. I, let right me my story. So I'm pulling the meat off of the breast and I go, Oh, Marcos, you know, this 
Maybe it's, it's a little raw. pink. No, I think oh. you're a dick. I would not. It's raw. I go, honey, it's a little pink. And I think maybe we should put it back in the oven for a little bit. And he's like, uh-oh. No, he was like, what? So I didn't do it right. I said, it's just a little pink. Oh. Like, we should, let's just pop it in the oven. And he goes, you know what? I tried so hard today. You said oh, that no. I don't know how to cook. I went and I cooked. I bought all the ingredients. I did all this. And yeah. nothing is fucking good enough for you. And I was like, ah! Like, I was trying to bring the smallest bit of, what's the positive criticism shit? What is that? Yeah, uh, I forget. Positive criticism? I was, and and he never cooked for me again, Nick. In six years of marriage. And I I know that you don't realize you did this, but... Justine will never cook. Justine will never cook for you again. No, and when you were like, when you lorded it over her face, and you're like, oh, I'm a famous chef. No, it wasn't. I can show you how to do this. No, that's how it came across. That's how it came across, because you just shattered her sharing herself with you. And now... We'll see. Okay. You, know, you didn't read the text, so you don't know. I don't know. You're right. You're right. I don't know. You're just making this up. It's just, you, you have your own brain. I love to play devil's advocate. I yeah, absolutely do. But you need to read the text because she's more than happy to come over here and do desserts and also uh, whatever. Let's make a wager. Okay. Let's make a wager. Uh-huh. I wager she never comes over to do any of those things. I bet you 10 bucks she does. What is our timeline? Uh, six months. Oh, fuck you. Oh, come on. Three she months. Just, Three months. Two. Two months. Eight weeks. Two months. January, days. January 1st. 80, 60 days. <laughs> January 1st. Yes, if she does not come over. And I, I'm going to tell her. I said, all right, me and Jody have a bet. Ten bucks. Oh, you can't hedge the bet. Oh, come on. That's cheap. That. She would love She said to me in no, her Nick, text, the whole point of the bet. love you. Nick, I'm a female. Well, I know all. If you had is, insulted my cooking, you wouldn't say. Not I only, love you. not only did you no, say, you be, Nick, like you didn't just say the potatoes were a little undercooked. You said I microwaved them, I tried to cook them, I tried to do everything to them, and they're still. I said no. I said I'd like to know where you bought those potatoes because I'm pretty amazed. And she agreed. Oh God, is she shallow? No, Are you telling not. me she didn't know you were insulting her? No, she didn't know. Tell no, me why you I were. I was not insulting her. I was. You saying, were amazed by what? I was amazed that I could boil these things for an hour and microwave them for like four minutes, and they were still al dente. They were still al dente. <laughs> I said, "Where the fuck?" Did, I said, "Where the fuck did you buy these potatoes?" <laughs> No, it was a curiosity. Oh, God, where are you is, serious? Where, where, no, I'm sorry, but where do you buy potatoes that withstand that much? And she cooked them for like eight hours in a goddamn crock pot. The meat was wonderful. You know, the carrots were soft. Could you have just not said anything about the potatoes? You know, are they really no, stumping you, you that much no, that potatoes, you had to go, where no, did you get these? Potatoes cooked. Apparently uh, uh, sooner not. than carrots. Apparently the not. carrots were soft. Apparently not. 
Well, these are some goddamn Honestly, Mar Martian fucking Nick, potatoes because, because I'm... Because you don't know she could have thrown them in the last five minutes because she uh, forgot. No, she did not. She did not. You don't know that. No, because she took two days to cook them. She kept them in the crock pot the first day. She said, I'll bring some over. Uh, no, not that night. You were here that night and she was supposed to bring it over. And then the next day, she cooked them another day. So she day. didn't even cook it. She... <laughs> Nick, shut up. You know she did not cook that for two days. She had. Uh, I had to boil them if you for a half an hour, and I had to microwave them for four she was minutes. Bullshit the whole time, and it didn't happen until the very end. I don't know. I don't buy that. Well, I'm saying, tell me where you got <laughs> these goddamn potatoes. I mean, they're like Martian potatoes. She will never cook for no, you again. No. Never, 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 never. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, I'll play you over. We'll make muffins. <laughs> we'll make muffins. Oh my goodness. I don't know that we accomplished very much tonight in this podcast, but well, I, I definitely... I think you got your approval from your dad, and the, at least not the whole approval, but Do you know what the funny bit. thing was, Nick? I don't think I don't think it was ever really my dad's approval that I needed. I think it was my acceptance of things for what they are. All right, so the angel tapped you on the shoulder through this whole process. Why does there have to be an angel? Why can't it just uh, be... You know, I think you're a spiritual person, and I think that, you know, no matter what, you were brought up in an environment that was very... That deflates my bubble. Don't do that. I'm giving myself credit for feeling this way, and you're telling well, me it was I a am, heavenly being? I game? am, but I appreciate you because you are a spiritual person. I, I don't... I don't I, just... You're not just face down. You're just... But dirty. I don't... I didn't say or even imagine that I was touched by an angel... I will admit that my father feels that he was, and I am respectful of that. Absolutely, I'm respectful of that. However, I find the older I get, the more things I've been through, <coughs> the more I learn about my father. Really, what helps me get over my daddy issues is acceptance. Acceptance, understanding, and respect and respect yeah you're right and respect I, I think you I think you started to get that I, I think I think I've got that and I think I get it and I think that I'm at the place where he I really I, he really uh, became vulnerable by telling you that his feelings about that's a story. big Mormon thing to do Nick very vulnerable a big Mormon thing to do. You share touching, well, to have revealing your father stories. Be that vulnerable um, is an amazing gift. It, but, but Nick, I've yeah. seen it before. I've, With him? Yeah. Especially when the missionaries are over. My dad will go to tears and talk about how much the love of Christ. Well, it's changing your opinion of who he was. Uh, you know, it's he not was, the Mormon part that's no, changing but, my No, but he was a violent, fucking abusive dad who... Beat your ass whenever you were out of line. And he was angry and yeah, angry and frustrated uh, and yeah. And all of, and lost now, his parents in, in at an early age and but in his old age, as he reveals his vulnerability, you understand. Why do you why do you say he's revealing his vulnerability? Because he told me about him feeling well, regrets. That's, that's probably just this this time. You've probably seen it out. Otherwise, you know, he's crying when the uh, you know the missionaries come over. But that's whatever. all about 
church, and I, I always felt no, betrayed I, I by that. No, I think it's just about church. It's no, about, that's when I see my father cry is when it's related to church. Well, he's... That's, that's this, this is a guy who has guided his wife, you know, a lot by of times by the church. Yeah. And so you have to respect that that was his path. I think that I was jealous of that of a lot of years, that that was more important to him than we were. Well, yeah, I don't disagree. But now you have this uh, occasion that where you're having, uh, you know, ribs uh, together, <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and he's like uh, being vulnerable. I it just, I don't like the way you say that. Well, I don't think I, my I dad think, I think it's, it's an occasion to almost say, okay. I connected with my father. That's what I look uh, at it as. It doesn't mean you have to forgive him for his, you know, being an asshole, you know. I'm so far past that. Yeah. Did you know that? I hope so. I didn't know that. I don't. He was an asshole. <coughs> That, that's been part of his life too. I mean, you could, if you were doing, your, if you were writing his eulogy, why would you even bring that up? I'm just saying this is a good way to frame it. Why? If you were writing his eulogy, you have to include the fact that, as a young man, as a young father. <coughs> He might have struggled, okay? He might have been afraid that you weren't going to be good enough, or he wasn't going to be good enough. Uh, he had fucking five kids, six kids. Six. Six kids, you know? Um, he used to hit his wife, though. I don't understand that. You know, I, I don't in my first marriage, I, I hit my wife. Did you? Yeah. Out of frustration? Anger? Jealousy? No, she was throwing knives at me. <laughs> Probably appropriate. Did you block the knives first? Like Yeah, like Spider-Man? Yeah. 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 No, no, I, wha I, I, I whacked her. One time, I only wha I whacked her upside the head. You know, Nick, I will, I will probably never ever say this again, but... Well, no, I, I absolutely will. In that instance, um, well done. How else do you deal with an irrational person who is maybe possibly being murderous? Your story also has changed my life and how I deal with my grandson, Orion. What, what do you mean, my story? With your dad. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've, I mean my kids, I, I put you know, timeouts in the closet. I, I whack their asses and stuff. Like, you know. Nick, that I don't, I, don't, I don't do that anymore. Well... I just, I don't. I know, but I don't think that's but it's me. in part because of my experience, my personal experience with my children, but also because of your experience and how it's affected you. Because we've talked about this for 15 years. It's not the first time I've heard this. But Nick, your daughter Luna, I don't know for how many years, is still upset about you locking her in a closet, but you don't listen to those stories and then change your ways? Why is it my stories that make I don't you... lock him in his closet. I understand that. I have told her I'm sorry. I know you have. What and can you do? You can't. You, you know, can't. You got a timeout 10 minutes in the closet, you know? And to her, it might have felt like the world. <laughs> but it could have been a closet, it could have been a bathroom, you know, a small bathroom. I mean, you know, we, you, know you got... You know, Colby's, speaking of little Colby... When Colby was younger, when he would, when he was little, actually, you know, like three, four, five, 
Um, at my house that I bought in Parker, on the main level, there were no bedrooms. It was just the front room, the living room, the kitchen, and then there was a bathroom, a half bath. Mm-hmm. And when cold people get in trouble, timeout was in the bathroom. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And there would be times that Colby would get mad at me, and they would go, I'm going to timeout. And he would put, put himself in timeouts. Time yeah. This is the same kid who, he would draw me pictures, Nick, at five, six years old. He would draw a picture of a little tiny Colby with all these tears coming down. Uh-huh. And then there would be a big mommy with a V in my forehead. Uh-huh. And I'd be yelling at him, whoa, 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 whoa. And he would write in the cutest little letters, Mommy, I just wanted to play today, but you were mad. Mm. And that made me sad. Uh, I bet it did. <laughs> I bet it did. What do you do with that? I don't know. We're not perfect. No. No, we're not. And, oh my gosh, it's almost 10. So, this, this is a regular Joey's podcast. It's kind of all over me. And I'm, Feeling my emotions, but feeling like I'm getting on top of them. And well, I think what threw me back so much today is that I really, I know that I've been sober, clean, yes, for more than a year. Yes. And I know that I have worked very hard to get where I am. And to have my son tell me, basically, that it was all for naught. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I'm glad to say that it only... Only took me half a day to recover. I think I'm always going to be scarred by that. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. But you needed to re- be reminded that your sobriety you did for yourself, not for him. No, I needed to be reminded that my efforts have meant something. That I have made progress. That what he's saying is bullshit. That he is projecting on me. That these are his issues. That they are not mine. And unfortunately, I needed to hear that for more than... More than just you. Yeah. I got it from... But, I, Nick, I got it from three men in my life who are super fucking important to me. Yeah. And that's you, my father, and my son. Yeah. And, and also, um, uh, Marcos. I didn't get shit from him. He, he said spoke he said through just my words. son. He said just but he words. spoke through my son. If Kyler hadn't called me to tell me, I would never have known that Marcos even got my voicemail. Uh-huh. I'm still a little... The man is going to be 45 on November 25th. You can pick up the phone and call the woman who gave you four children, who's struggling with one of the children I still you wish, made with I, 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 I have to. I still wish all my exes happy birthday. <laughs> all well, I called today crying. Reach out. I got no response, but through Kyler, who I am grateful for that. But at the same time, it's. It well, maybe you should uh, tell him that. I did tell him. I did. I did. But I can't tell Marcos how angry I am at him. And that frustrates me a little. <coughs> at the same time, what has been happening is not Marcos. It's, you know, Nick, I don't know what it is. It's like Jordan Peterson said. Life is not easy. It was never meant to be. It is struggle. It is whoever comes out on top. But there are rules to how to handle yourself in this struggle. And first of all, recognize it is a struggle. We're all meant to go through it. You're not picked on. You're not You're not any more beat up than anybody else. Quit fucking feeling sorry for yourself. Pick yourself up and make yourself someone of value. And that's what I love about Jordan Peterson. Make yourself someone of value. And if I could, 
Uh, maybe that's what I'll get Colby for Christmas. But it, it's just life was not meant to be. This is the Mormon talking in me. This is the Jordan Peterson convert. This is just who I am at my core. Nobody said life was going to be easy. But you can make it worth it. How can you make it worth it? Live, experience, touch, help, love, bond, create, build. There, there are so many things that you can give. Even if it's little, even if it's just to one person. Are you making it worth it? Well, that was fucking harsh. Well, I'm just asking. <laughs> and I'm just replying. I wasn't expecting that, but... Um, I, I, I think you are. Well, don't hate me for this. I think my little sister hates me for this. Uh, little sister who? Julia? Julia. Julia? Julia. Yeah. Say it with me. The woman who... No, say it with me, Nick, because my mom did this to Julia. us in the hospital room. Uh, Julia. Julia. No. Julia. Julia. Yeah. Julia. Julia. Yeah. Not Julia. Julia. Yeah. No L. No, there's an L. Right, well, anyway, get on with it. Anyway, uh, yeah. anyway, um, I know, good or bad, that I've made an impression on this world because I brought four children into it. Do I know whether that's good or bad? I don't. <coughs> but but do I know unbe un maybe Julia will never experience this. When Julia dies, Julia's gone. The memories will live on with her family. When I die, I do have four children. Are they predecessors? What's that word I'm looking for? Anyway, I have... You're, they are your descendants. Are I have your... spread my seed right. on this earth. Right. And there are so four of them. Whether it's they that make it great. Whether one or, of them is the next Hitler, or I don't know. great, 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 great grandson who becomes the oh. president, president of the United States. Nick, when you go you great, 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 then I feel guilty. Why? With my four children, I feel proud. But with the great, 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 you I feel guilty. No, know. listen. I feel guilty because this world is dying. Okay, you've heard of global warming, climate crisis. Nick, that's just real. It's real. So the yes. more children I put on this earth that are going to create children of their own, the more likely I am setting someone up to die. Okay. I guess I'll take you out and shoot you. You're a dumbass. I'm fixed now. I can't have any more kids. But when I let my mind, what is that, uh, ruminate? <clears throat> yeah, when you let your mind wander. Well, you know, my daughter, is a she's a little bit of an activist. Okay, yeah. she did walkouts at her school when they were protesting teacher mm -hmm. raises, right. teacher increases. Um, my daughter protested against the fact that they all had to do drills for if a shooter came into the building, and they hit all the kids and they told all the kids where to hide. And the truth of the matter is, all the shootings that were going on were being done by students. So yeah. you know what they were doing? Yeah. They were telling the other students where we're all going to be uh -huh. when you want to come in with your gun. And my daughter did, like, protests for that. And climate change is one of those. It is real to her. If she has children 
and they have children and they have children and they burn up you yeah. know like it's yeah. so yeah. it's kind of like even yeah. though to me it's a legacy it's also a yeah a fear I, uh, I know that's just letting me get bigger it's, it, it's sort of being afraid of something you can't do anything about well and for us you and i it's not it's not a reality it's not no, going to happen we'll, in our life we'll get, it's yeah, not going to happen yeah, in our life right but i worry about my great-grandchildren I actually have great grandchildren. <laughs> Maybe my great grandchildren. Great great grandchildren. Great grandchildren. I have two little girls. Yeah. You do. Congratulations, Meg. And I and I have one, and I missed her birthday this week. But what my son told me today, which my father also told me, which my therapist two years ago told me, and Kyler said it to me like he thought it was the first time I'd heard it. He's like, Mom. You just need to cut him off. He's toxic. Mm -hmm. Nothing good comes of your interactions with him. You know, he'll come why around. Is that, why, why is that so difficult? Two years ago, you were told that. Why is that so difficult? Because he's my son and I feel responsible for every fucking thing he does. But why? What? what when, when, when does that end? I don't know. You tell me. You've had things occur in your life, like your children being jailed, that has made it easy for you to go, okay, you know what? Your actions are beyond my responsibility. You're an adult. You deal with them. Hey, come on. What? You're, um, um, you're what? mysterious boy because you're we're, we're recording. Can you stop it? I can. No, don't. I don't think no, I have to. Stop it. What do you have to no, say? I don't have to. Have you seen white headphones? White headphones? Headphones. The red, oh. red ones? White. I have some, but they're... Uh, they're those. Are they red? He said white. <laughs> no, I, I heard you. I haven't seen, I've seen white headphones. Headphones? I can't understand what you You said what? He said no. <laughs> This is the fun of having someone live with you. I, I love your grandson. I think he's great. And I really appreciate that he's kind of letting me back in. Nick, you need to know that you provide me with a sense of home and belonging and peace that I never felt in my own home or family. And even though I struggle with it sometimes, and, and you know, it's not easy. Um, I couldn't have asked for a better friend. You look sad by that. <laughs> well, I, I really don't uh, hear that very often. <laughs> oh, uh, maybe it wasn't uh, what I, you I wanted to hear. I don't have a, a lot of friends. Nor do I. And we struggle sometimes. Between the yeah, come in, come on in, boy. That's what men are good for, right? All right. We have to tap it with a knife. Yeah, we can all try it. It loosens up. It's she's stronger than both of us. I love this boy. I love this boy. You're stronger than both of us, homie. I love this boy. Bro, all right, flex, flex. This, this, she got more muscles than me. <laughs> oh, 
in your... Yeah, I loosened up, okay? No, you did. Mm-hmm. That's what he says. We'll oh, let him take that. We can let him take that. Oh, I suck this. What? You suck it. It doesn't sound good on me. Really? It oh, doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't sound good even off there. Oh! You didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> My friend, my good friend Nick, just, uh, we just struggled over opening a bottle of olives with pimento in them and it, well i don't know if you heard that but i thought it was great easy to do i know you gotta block the, the hole in the back <laughs> i did it twice he's got matter mouth skills and you do nick nah <laughs> <laughs> give me another one i'll do it he's just slacking he's slacking <laughs> Uh, I think this might be a good time to end it. Um, <clears throat> no, it's it's all good. Uh, Nick is being shown up by his grandson as far as how to suck the pimento out of an olive. Oh, you think you cool? Oh, <laughs> you gotta love kids. You gotta love it. What is that? Ambiguous? Watch. This is my strategy. Mm-hmm. Mm. Do you like the pimentos? I mean, I don't taste like them. Do you just like straight swallow it? Oh, that one struggled. He struggled with that one. Finger in the back of it. Yeah, if you put the. You have to block the hole in the back. (laughs) This could be so misconstrued. All right. Did that help? No. No. Some of them just come out easier, huh? You know, I just like to put the whole thing around me. Just done. Let's see if you can suck the pimento out of it. It's easy. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I think it depends on the olive. Yeah. True. Yeah. Because I saw you struggle with something that evil. Right. It's not like he knows how. Take that with you. But you couldn't open it. Yeah. She could. I, I know. She was, a, she, she was the girl. She was... <laughs> Yep. So Jody's the olive opening, olive jar opening queen. Yeah. For sure. I got some mad respect from him right there. That was kind of nice. That was a close encounter. That was nice. I like that. Yeah. Um, another crazy podcast of Jaden. This is Jody. I'm with my good friend Nick. And Nick, um, we, we kind of were very tangential. Um, tangential. We were all over the place and. Wait, what? Tangential. But, yeah. Yeah. Is that really a word? Tangential. Tangential? <laughs> yes. Okay, Webster Miriam, what does that mean? Tangential is when you go from one subject to another subject to another subject to another subject, oh. and, and you're tangential. You're all over the place. I think that kind of explains jaded podcasts in general. Don't you? So, yeah. You've been on most of them. Yeah, tangential. Tangential? I, yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna we, Google that. <laughs> I yeah, don't you think can it's Google a word. It. Yeah, it is. All right. So anyway. Okay, it might be. Um, have a good night, and we wish you well. And as always, uh, thanks so much for listening. This is Jaden, and I'm Jody. <laughs>